Welcome back, fellow spy nerds, Todd and Dave. Back at you with some more of The Spy, the French series uh, Netflix. Uh, this is one, if you didn't hear the last episode, I do recommend you backtrack a little. Uh, we're doing episode three and four of the six-episode miniseries uh, starring Sasha Baron Cohen about the real-life spy career of Ellie Cohen. Uh, Dave, without going into too much detail, how you doing? <laughs> good, good. Just chilling. Been, uh, without house... going into too oh, much right. detail, has the show has the show has the show swung in a better direction for you, or is it still kind of a little off kilter, a little off course? Uh, I, I, I'm more invested, but it, it hasn't switched course on me. As far as my feelings about the show, but uh, I, I am invested and interested in seeing what happens. Okay. Well, I do. I do gotta say there are a few really nice, super cool plus spy points, positive spy points uh, to be found in these episodes. Starting with uh, our gadget concealment strategy. This oh, shit yeah. is tight. Yeah, it was pretty cool. This um, is the be- this is the best I've seen. Are you, are you talking about the very beginning or are we talking about throughout episode three and four? Um, well, I think, I mean, we kind of see how the, the, the blender works. Right. Um, at the beginning, but you know, we actually, when he operates it in the field, we actually see it's even a little more complicated how you pop it open. Uh huh. And I think that's really cool. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, the pill, the pill concealment, is good. Everything's everything's really uh, nicely done. Again, best best I've seen. And the soap, um, plastic explosive soap, that was fun. <laughs> so, but from there, I guess I'm just gonna skip ahead a little because uh, it does pertain to the concealment of the gadgets. This episode is primarily about him getting across into Syria and setting up shop there, and the border crossing. He's very, very concerned that they're going to search his suitcase. Yeah. And, I mean, he's, make, he's making his moves. We'll talk a little bit more about how he sets up to, to cross Syria. But specifically, uh, I get, well, I guess we could, we could run through it. I just, I'm just going to say right now, I, don't, I think it was really counterproductive uh, trying to bribe the guy. That, and then... I was just about to say that. That it was... I mean, you know, we talked last episode about how over the top his, uh, I guess, seduction techniques and charming techniques are. Um, this this was even worse because this is like a what like a border commander, and and he's he's still like stroking egos left and right. Like, oh, I'm so uh, feel honored to be in the presence and of of such a honorable. You know, and thanks for allowing me to come back. And then he, like, hands him the gold watch. You know, I feel so honored to be here in front of someone fighting for such a wonderful country like Syria. I want you to have this watch, you know, like. Now, we could be yeah, we could ahead. be looking at a culture here. I'm no expert, but we could be looking at a culture where bribery is very commonplace and even expected. Right. You know, I mean, it could be a thing where. They they just I, it could even be the practice the totally known practice is that they're going to hold you up for an hour 
and start going through their luggage until you, you know, pop up with a little cash and then you move on. Right. And people who know that just, you know, but I don't know. I don't know. And uh, I don't want to say anything against, uh, I don't want to look down my nose at cultures that, that have bribery as just a natural course of business. Uh-huh. Um, but that could be going on here, but, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's blatant. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, is, is the word I would use. And then here, especially, uh, I really want to flag it because I think he's running the risk that they're going to take a more serious search of his briefcase or of his suitcase than they're initially planning. And he, he needs to have faith in how well that stuff is concealed. Trust me, they're not going to take your fucking blender apart or not. your right. What is it? It's a mixer. <laughs> Something like yeah, those those like uh, those old school ones. I don't, I don't know. I think there's probably better ones these days, but it's those the electric. Uh, yeah, when you, when you're uh, making cake, they used to be like hand crank, and then they started making electric ones and stuff, yeah. and that's what it looks like. They're not gonna take that thing apart. No, they're not. They're <laughs> not gonna. They're not gonna try lighting your soap on fire to see what happens. Right. <laughs> um. So, I, yeah, I do really, like his cover, though. What's that? Um, so he whispers something. Uh, he asks the commander to come see him alone and and to let him know that it's not worth the search. And uh, he, he whispers something. We don't get to hear it as the audience, but when he gets back in the car, uh, he's, he's, he's with his um, kind of compatriot that he's been with crossing the border um, that he kind of uh, – like recruited on his way to the border. And then we actually, bef- before we even talk about the search, um, uh, it, it, he, he did, I, I did have this in my notes. He, he's really, really bad at, at the, the charm. It's, it's so openly like he, he loses focus on his mission. Like his only mission was to make a buddy so that he could cross the border. And he, he, he gets the attention of this other wealthy guy on the boat by ordering some really expensive wine. They, they he joins him at the table. They're hitting it off. And then he asks like a question, like a really political question. And, and that kind of puts a sour taste in the guy's mouth. So now he has to backpedal and like put on the display. Um, and so as like an apology for offending him, he offers to give him a ride, which I thought was clever because it set him up for the next day when he's going, when he's off the dock and sees the other guy's car. Um, he's like, oh, well, nice. Well, it was nice talking to you. And then the guy's like, well, are you still going to get a ride? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, well, why don't you ride with me? So um, he kind of played it cool after he screwed up. But that was like a big screw up. And this kind kind of thing seems to be like a pattern for him where he just like oversteps his bounds and lose focus on his objectives. Um, and so uh, back to the border crossing, you know, his 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 very conspicuous attempt at bribing um you know where you could call it subtle um uh gets him in trouble where they're going to search everything now so like his whole dodge like gets him in trouble so what he does is he takes the commander aside and whispers something and when he gets into the car with his companion the companion's like look you're res- risking my neck as well as yours do you want to tell me what's going on and he said well I explained to the commander that uh, I'm a single man and I have certain needs and I have a lot of very, very graphic pornography. <laughs> and, and that, that was what ex- that covered his bribe. 
um, and the whole situation. And I, th- I thought that was kind of clever, you know, cause um, that's that type of thing. And, for, you know, I understand Syria is uh, kind of a Muslim, or not, it is a Muslim country for the most part. And so that type of stuff I think would be considered contraband and it would kind of get him in trouble at the border. So, um, but talking to the commander and, and being like, look, we're not like the enemy. I'm just like a guy and I don't want to be embarrassed. And I, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. So uh, I, I think it played off well after he screwed up. So it seems like he's overextending himself and then learning how to fix it, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is showing some adapt- adaptability because he does like fail to, to kind of, uh, get on the sheik's good side twice, uh, but he still manages to pull the pull the plane up, yeah, uh, and pull it off. Uh, pornography. I'm gonna go you go you one better, and it's it's weird because I I hadn't remembered this when I when I thought of this. I'm thinking of something that inspired me from the near the end of the fourth episode, and this is where Doctor Bashir comes to visit him, and he you know he had his I don't know his communication stuff out. On his, right. on his desk and he like covered it with the coat and I was like, oh, that's not a good idea. Right. And, and, and I had this idea. It's actually very similar to the, to the pornography cover. I think that I'm going to, uh, uh, you know, if I ever become a spy, I'm going to keep a large purple dildo with, <laughs> with, with my secret spy stuff. Okay. <laughs> All right. The, the reason is, it, you know, because we'll we'll see this in all sorts of movies. Like, you know, someone noticed you like furtively, like you know, they came into the room and you're like, oh shit, gotta hide this. You know, <laughs> and, and maybe if they notice you doing that, you know, and they they want to uh, press the issue, um, you know, they're gonna they're gonna find a big purple dildo and they're just gonna say, okay. okay. <laughs> That was that was a mistake. That's a that's a very. <laughs> I hope people are taking notes because I sure am. <laughs> that is very good. But I, for sure, yeah, like take it. it a step further. Actually, have the pornography in there. Yeah, you know why not? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, that's a yeah. You could keep like a flashlight and some anal beads, a uh, couple of vibrate. That's that's yeah. Man, they need to hire you over at the CIA. <laughs> I, I'm, I can't be the first person to have thought of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they do get across the border. And then, and then wait, wait, oh, it gets yeah, yeah. even better. It gets even better inside. Like I, I hide other shit inside the purple dildo. It also like, you know, uh, comes apart and there's like more secret spy stuff. Inside. <laughs> right. it's, it's a transmitter. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they, they, they do make it across the border and we get, um, actually kind of a extended montage. It's like the segments in the montage aren't like they're lengthier, but it's him setting up an import export business. Yes. We get to see him doing the sort of stuff we thought was missing from the Buenos Aires episode. Right. Yeah. Which apparently all he was doing was buying advertising. <laughs> Um, uh, but I, I really liked this, this, this was a much 
the the use that see this is this is where, where the the type of you know I talked about last week. There's a lot of really good ideas in the show. This is one of my favorites. Um, they really really executed it well. How how effective an import export business could be for a spy. Um, he basically goes to like little shops in the area and starts buying out their entire inventory to export. And um, not only is he concealing, you know, microfilm and communications, he's wrapping all of the product in newspapers because he notices that's what they do to protect the furniture. And uh-huh. when it gets to the other side, back to, you know, Mossad in Israel, they're, they're like, you know, the, the film's important, but the newspapers are, like, invaluable. So, like, not only is he, like, smuggling, like, all of this, like, you know, um, intelligence information hidden in, like, the legs and, like, the wedges of, of furniture, he's also sending them basically Syrian newspapers because it, it doesn't look in, like suspicious at all because he's basically just protecting the furniture by wrapping it in the news like yesterday's papers and stuff like that right yeah i love it that's that's another of the things that you know that i i thought are real real masterful uh uh in in this pair of episodes um i i I will complain about one thing uh you know just more about him just overextending himself they told him not to communicate until after eight weeks <laughs> right? and he just can't help himself like a kid in a candy shop two weeks. So I definitely want to spot some minus spy points. This inspired me to go ahead. I got, I got too curious and went to the wiki to uh, read the entry on Ellie Cohen and they don't say anything there. I mean, the show is obviously most likely drawing off of additional sources. Ellie Cohen is very famous in Israel, there's streets named after him and shit. Um, this isn't the first time somebody's made a, a movie version of his story. Mm-hmm. There's probably a lot of books about him out there. But anyways, just from Wiki, they never mentioned anything there about him being like especially risk taking or 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 particularly bold. Um, so just just throwing out that out there that uh, that stuff might be. However, I don't know. I doubt. I doubt that it's just completely made up right. by by the writer here. Um, it doesn't. It seems like he's doing a lot of things to try to keep keep things pretty pretty um, faithful, uh-huh. I guess, right. to to the original dude. Um, but yeah, and then and then his other uh, oh well, and then it also goes to this. He he's befriending of he gets and he sees an opportunity and takes it to befriend the nephew of the commander-in-chief of syria Uh um which that's the title they give him i'm not sure what rank that is exactly in their government uh it sounds pretty goddamn high right um you know of course for us the president is the commander-in-chief so you know, and I don't think he's talking about the president, so there must be separate people. But that's another thing, like he wasn't supposed to do, right? And and uh, uh, we're 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 having fun still calling Noah Emmerich Stan Beeman, yeah, <laughs> Alexander Sig, Dig, Doctor Bashir. Um, but yeah, Beeman is is not 
thrilled about that. He's like, this is not part of the job. This, the, you know, his his job is to uh, stay low and just be eyes and ears, like avoid notice. Mm-hmm. And it's like the opposite what he's doing, and um, just. And right, and then there's like with the opportunity uh, to go to the Golan Heights, um, basically like the sort of the front between Syria and and Israel. Uh, here's another case where like now the you know Beeman saying oh it's really dangerous, and then his boss is saying, well he's your guy. If you don't feel comfortable about it, then you know don't have him go. And I'm really just I'm lo- I'm kind of losing a little patience with the show as far as the inconsistency mm-hmm. of, of Beeman and his boss in risk assessment from mm-hmm. from you know incident to incident. Um, just all their scenes, it seems like each scene is written in isolation from the others. They don't, you know. I'd I'd rather have a more consistent like one of them's overly cautious and the other ones maybe a little pushier, right? Um, but yeah, they just kind of just keep going back and forth on that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, the nephew is uh, is an interesting character that's going to carry forward uh, through both episodes and and actually have a an interesting different arc in episode five. Sounds like you're about to talk. Yeah, I I I, I like this character. I think he's the best character for what he's supposed to be as far as like, you know, um, uh, filmmaking goes, uh, he's, he's the nephew of, you know, the commander in chief of the Syrian army. And if you know anything about people in power, you know, their, their kids, nieces and nephews are kind of entitled, like party type, like going out, always, always having a good time type of thing. And he's constantly playing pranks and he like falls in love with our charming, uh, Ellie, um, and, and, you know, who was a single playboy type of thing. And they're just always living the life. You, you know, I, there's these little moments that really, um, like build his character of, of just that type of a personality. Like, you know, the first night he stays over at Ellie's, he's like drunk off his face, wakes up in the morning and Ellie wakes up to a gun in his face. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's basically, uh, Mozzie, um, just playing a prank, like pretending he doesn't remember anything that happened the night before. And then like Ellie comes back with a cute, like, Oh, I'm really angry. Oh, but it was a joke, you know, type of thing. Like I, I thought the show did pretty well about this, even though I, I didn't care for Ellie's recruitment of him, you know, it, but um, the, just Mazzy's character is a lot of fun. Like, and I, and I thought he was like the best character that was built. Yeah. I, Oh, I totally agree. Um, I feel like I feel like you can tell that he is not getting, has never gotten enough attention, and who knows where his father is. But yeah, um, he's he's definitely not getting enough attention from his uncle, uh-huh. and and so he's he's kind of turned into someone that's trying to get fill that need of getting attention by trying to get attention from everyone else. Yeah, around, oh, you know? absolutely. You know, and probably loves the pranks in the fast life to get that. Also get that attention. Yeah, absolutely. Right on. So uh, yeah, blurring the lines a little between episode three and four. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's going to leverage also into uh, 
being able to meet and and kind of you know make a at least a favorable impression if not an instant fast friendship with the actual commander in chief mm-hmm. um which is you know going to be quite uh obviously come into play somehow and and be even more valuable to him he has run into our his old friend in quotes dr bashir yeah um the and that plays into a nice setup at the end which i guess we could save for the end of um of our talking here uh the the golan ridge thing uh was legit and in the wiki it's it's pointed out as being like one of his most genius moves um the fact that he was able to get up there and get so much information about uh the extent and of of the fortifications of the type of ordinance that they had in play and then of course there's the eucalyptus tree thing i mean oh my god yeah what a huge accomplishment i mean like you know if if someone was able to just you know charm their way and stroke the egos up the chain that far to the commander-in-chief actually set foot at the bunkers you know, see what's going on. And on top of that, the, the eucalyptus trees like, was a genius idea. They, they practically placed the trees at every location. So I mean, that's just like huge, right? It's massive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing did bug me though, the, the machine gun scene, I, I'll bet you this wasn't in, in the history story. Uh, and it was just like a creative decision. What, what do you think the point of that was? Uh, just um, yeah, nail biting. Yeah, for the audience. Like, do you think like the commander was trying to test his loyalty or anything? Well, it seems clear that he wasn't. Right. Um. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. And then yeah, the way he brushes it off, you know, do you want to start a war? Well, that's a funny joke because they are kind of. I mean, well, I guess they're not at war exactly. Right. Um. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so if it would have been a really bad thing for him to have shot someone, then the general is really being in- incredibly irresponsible in a way that <laughs> right. doesn't seem, doesn't seem <laughs> apt to his character. Absolutely. And, and me, I'm, you know, I think, I think you, I think you really can't, I mean, I think you really can get out of that with just saying like, I'm sorry, I've never killed anyone before. I'm not a soldier. You know, I mean, it does say I'm not a soldier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sorry. I've, I've never, I've never killed anyone before. Right. <laughs> um, it's just, this is just not, this is just not for me. Um, another option would just be, you know, miss because <laughs> yeah, right. you're like, also you're not a soldier right just kind of you know squeeze off a couple shots a few yards to the right of the tractor yeah something like that right I, yeah I, I don't know that that, that kind of ripped me out of that moment um but yeah i didn't i didn't like that part yeah <laughs> mm. um he's gonna He's going to continue. He's nothing if not consistent. Uh-huh. Uh, he's going to go completely off script again. 
go go monkeying around the base. Oh, that's right. After the tour, they're in the base, right? Uh huh. Um, and and it looks like there's something heating up. It does, but I, you know, I don't think he knew that before he started sneaking around. So he didn't really have a reason to go sneaking around, or at least I didn't catch it. Right. Um, this is really not his job. Um, <laughs> he's, I mean, all the stuff he does, and it's just incre- increasingly taking additional risk after additional risk. I mean, maybe, sne- you know, maybe sneaking around to see what's up. Okay, that's that's one thing. Then, like, grabbing a radio and and trying to use it and, and communicate the... You know that there's a, an attack about to happen, and is there a t- an attack about to? Ha- well, I don't know. I guess I guess there is. That's what it looks um, like with the trucks going around and stuff. Um, yeah, I, you would think that they would be intercepting communications, right? I'd, I'd like to hope uh, a, a, an army of this caliber would have the capacity to intercept signals. Especially if they're being backed by Russia. Yeah, I yeah, I, I don't I, I definitely don't uh know anything about how walkie talkies work. <laughs> right. Or a field radio or or whatever it is. But then, you know, on top of that, okay, so he can't get a signal. Now he's jumping on the back of a truck, riding all the way way up to the front, and then he's Running and taking pictures. I mean, I hate to like just run through everything that you know. Assume everyone saw the episode, but uh, it's madness. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and the risk the risk reward here thing is just like completely off because his long term value is so good, and even you know, I mean, if he gets caught, even if he successfully like warns them about the attack, but then gets captured. Like that's a net, that's a big net loss. Huge. Yeah. Huge. And it's going to put them more on the alert expecting other spies. So it's just going to make it more difficult to get more people in. Right. So, yeah, I mean, if it wasn't, if I, if I hadn't been on the bandwagon of this guy really needs to have a Stern lecturing uh, before now. Um, it's it's way past time, in my opinion, at this point. Oh, absolutely. And then, um, oh yeah, and how does he get the message across after he's jumped on uh, buses, done his parkour? They, there's some random Israeli farmer with a cow sure. that he tells, and then the farmer drives his tractor over to like some IDF base. Or something. Um, I, I I hope that's what happened. If if that's what happened, that just by chance there was an Israeli farmer looking for his cow, and 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 that's how the message got back to to Mossad and and the generals of the IDF. That that would that would make me happy. Stories like that in history always 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 get me all giddy inside. But sure. Uh, yeah, no, I would like I would like that part. It's it's the jumping on the truck, yeah, <laughs> and 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 going in and getting that close, yeah, kind of thing. That's just uh, uh, way out of the pale for me. Um, got a very uh, interesting setup sequence at the end of the episode with with Bashir. But is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we get there and close this out? Um. 
there was this whole thing with uh, what, what's his name, Mask Maski, uh, Mazi, um, turning out to be gay. This this came out like way out of left field, and and I'm not sure if this is just them making sure that they get history into the story, or if this was just kind of like uh, a free gimme thrown in Ellie's lap that he he had because he just came back from running around had like a cut on his leg and like you know mozzie being trained as a soldier to notice things like hey why are you all sweaty and dirty where were you and hey why the fuck is your leg cut and like hey you know and and you see when they're driving away you start to see um i guess the the show is letting us know that maybe mozzie's starting to put things together because wheels are tur- wheels are turning, yeah, right. Because the radio announces like some thwarted attack, right? And and yeah, and but now Ellie has this secret of him being gay, and uh, Mozzie's kind of suspicious. So I'm I'm not quite sure what the purpose of all of that was. Um, like it, it like they made a really big deal about it. That kind of was off. Uh, rhythm from the show, so I'm not sure if it's kind of like in Monuments Men where they were just trying to get as many historical pieces in there, or if uh, I disagree with I, I I'm on the other side of the fence from you on this one. Yeah, um, I think it's I think it's very good just as a story element to to have that in place so that uh, Mozzie has a strong incentive to feel that he can trust Ellie. Uh, uh know, okay, I see what you mean. You know, since since Ellie is, uh, you know, not gonna flip out about uh, the the kind of subtle homosexual overtures, right? Yeah, um, it was a little confusing at first, but then when you know Mozzie kind of talks to him in the I guess the the base room quarters thing. Um, it, it becomes more clear that that's that's what was with all these things leading up to, and um, yeah, no, I I I could see that. Maybe I just didn't I mean, like the way it was about, You know, if you if you think about it, you know, in in you know, in this culture, in the, well, in this time, in yeah. just about any culture, yeah, it didn't matter where you were in the seventies, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but for sure, but for sure, for the time or culture, like right now, Mazi, like it's something that would be like that fear of being exposed would be using up 90% of his brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, okay. I mean, he'd be completely terrified and preoccupied with that to the extent of, you know, totally missing other stuff. I mean, I, I guess I don't know if he buys the idea that, Oh, it's just an old wound that opened up because that doesn't explain why you're, pant is your pant leg is torn yeah (laughs) so i i guess i guess my favorite interpretation of that is is again just that at this moment uh his his mind is in kind of a panic mode about uh um being called out as a homosexual and that he's just blind to anything else that's going on that 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 makes sense that's that's a really good point i'm I'm just gonna chalk it up to you know, uh, like the other things that have been going on in this show that kind of irk me as far as execution goes. Um, you, you bring up a good point that this is like a nice uh, piece of information to one build trust 
but also leverage. And you're right. He's so panicked uh, in the seventies, as well as in this type of a culture and in a military and being the nephew of such a big, you know, um, political figure uh, that would put him in a panic mode. That, that's a, that you, you, you've, you've convinced me. That's a, that's okay. a really good point. Right, cool. <laughs> Anything else before, uh, before the, uh, uh, twist. Yeah, the big twist. What a twist! Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm good. Uh, let's let's get into the twist. This is a goddamn good twist. Yeah. Um, I promised you. I promised you something special for for the end of episode four. How did uh, what what happens? And I mean, I assume everyone's seen it, but how how did this hit you? I I liked it. You, you did promise me a big twist, and this is a very big twist. Um. Uh, so Bashir, who's had a stick up his ass against Ellie the whole time. Well, I guess we don't really see how he interacts with everyone else. So it's for his, you know, counterintelligence security measures, he's probably like that with everybody. But w- w- he shows up to his house. Oh, that's right. No, why don't you talk about the coat uh, before we get Ooh. there? He, yeah, he, show, he shows up to the house and Ellie's in the middle of uh, transmitting Morse code um, with his devices. and what just throws a coat <laughs> over well that was the part that was the part where i thought of the dildo oh yeah <laughs> let me just toss this dildo on top of the table <laughs> you're not gonna see anything else but yeah. but purple dildo yeah <laughs> <laughs> the other stuff you know what oh god there's like wires and shit oh, I, I don't even want to fucking <laughs> it's a even... plug-in <laughs> I don't even know. Want to know what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I yeah. Just putting the coat over. I mean, you know, sweep it into your into your desk drawer or something. Yeah, and and it, it, I mean, it's not like he didn't have time. He could have just been like, "Sorry, I didn't hear the door. I was taking a dump. I was taking like, put your shit away." That's for sure. Yeah, it was it was terrible. Anyway, um, well, the door opens and there's Bashir with his stick up his ass again, and this is like a terrifying moment for everybody. And uh, he he gets him in his car. It's even more terrifying, and then makes Ellie put on a black hood, you know, so you know, so he doesn't know where they're going. And and, and all of a sudden they're at this like spot. And there's this famous author who, who apparently is, uh, what is he like exiled from the current Syrian government? I'm certain. I'm certain he's a historical figure of note, uh, must be like one of the big thinkers behind it's the bath party, um, that we know of, mm-hmm. you know, from, from news in our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the bath party that's out of favor in uh in syria at this time mm-hmm. and that's how who uh ellie's old friend from buenos aires uh is is in is in that party and so yeah all this all this stuff i'm sure like you know lines up nicely historically um but i guess you know it's it's that combination you know a revolution is is fought with both the pen and the sword oh and so yeah and so those are, I guess, these two guys, this uh, general. Um, and, and you know, like we said, it's a, it's a twisty cliffhanger thing because we don't know where this is going to go. But essentially, he's, he's being recruited at, um, 
he's being recruited as an agent of the very people that, or at least one faction of the very people that he's here to observe. And what a stroke of cool luck that is. Absolutely. And uh, we'll get to time excited to talk about uh, next week where that takes us because essentially uh, this twist is not a small one. Uh, uh, episode five is going to take the story in a radically different direction than than what it's been so far. I'm really excited for you to for to talk to you about it. Yeah, me too. I mean, with with this kind of a twist, I'm, ex- I'm like I said, I'm I'm invested now, so I kind of want to. I do want to know what happens. Um, so yeah, uh, till next week. Um, All right. Yeah. For, for those of you that haven't heard the previous episode, well, for those of you that haven't seen the show, it's on Netflix. Um, and uh, if you want to listen to our previous episode, or if you haven't subscribed to us, just search Spies Like Us podcast on any podcast app that you use. Um, and please drop us a line. Let us know how we're doing, or if you have any questions or any suggestions for movies or shows we should look at. Um, go to spieslikeus.net and you can shoot us an email on the contact page uh, or just tweet us, spies underscore like us, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast. The preceding transmission sampled the song Enter the Party by Kevin McLeod and sound effects from freesound.org. Attributions and links are found at spieslikeus.net. <laughs> <laughs>